0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Hoops. Today, uh no Memory memory and myself, Chris Foss, have a guest on, have Jazz Johnson, point guard from Portland, Oregon, played at University of Portland. You can see the jerseys in the background hanging and then, and then finished up at University of Nevada. Just finished his third season playing in Italy and actually just signed a contract for season number four. Jazz, appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Welcome on.
1: I appreciate it, man. It's always love, man. You know, we we all go way back, so... Anything I can do for y'all, you know, is love.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Well, man, we'll, we'll talk about the newest one. I know you just signed. You just put uh pen to paper here a couple of weeks ago and signed the new contract. Talk to us about the situation out there um, with the team in Italy you, you're jumping on with.
1: Uh, so I'm back in the same league, uh, which is second division Italy, um, which I think a lot of people refer to it as like the, one of the best second divisions in the world. So, there's some really talented players that that play in there. So like this last year, I played against Russ Smith, Isaiah Briscoe, and that's just you know two of the main ones. And then obviously you got the guys that have been playing overseas that have have good names. So um, yeah, same league, um, different team. Last year I was in Rimini. Uh, this year I'm in Rieti, which is an hour away from Rome. So I'm excited. You know, it's all a new adventure.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. What what's the prep been like? I know if, if these people who are watching follow you at all on social media, they see it a little bit, but talk to us kind of what the summer's been like getting ready for for season number four.
1: Oh, uh, so this has been busy. I I mean, I wake up. I mean, I just I wake up and I get to it, you know, like on some, it's really cliche, but everybody uses it now, like the whole mamba mentality. But like the way I look at the mamba mentality is like Kobe did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't like a huge, I'm going to talk about it. He just did it. So, that's what, that's just what I've been on. So, it's, I wake up 6 a.m., 7 a.m., go do some cardio, finish in the sauna, come back home, whatever, rest, what, 30, 45 minutes, go do a pool workout or something, two hours, knock that out, um, rest again for, what, hour, maybe two hours, get in the gym, get the hoops in, do that come back home, eat, and then go go lift. And then you finish, you finish the lift, go in the sauna again, and you done. And then you just repeat that. I mean, obviously every day ain't full workouts, but you know, that's just a day. So I try to get to I try to stay busy.
0: Man, I see it. That that's been something that uh that you've been on now for a while. It's not anything new to you. When when did you get started? kind of working at, at that level. Um, because obviously I think for most people, even in your spot, that's not a a regular mm. work capacity. Um, but us knowing you, that's been kind of norm for you um for a while. Kind of talk to us about how that started and and how long that's been going for you.
1: Oh man, that that started with my pops way, way, way back. Um, Back in the days when he literally would tell me, like he told me, like I'm, I'm not going to train you unless you show me you love it, and I took that as okay. I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna just do it every day until pops realized like I really do care about this, and he's seen it. And so you know, it's it started from way back then. I want to say as early as what seven, eight years old is when I really like dedicated myself to being like, okay, I I, I like basketball. Like I'll play football and baseball and all that, but. I love basketball. So my pops, he instilled that in me, I guess, with just a question, like, you know, just a, ch- a simple challenge. Like, of just, you got to prove to me that you love it. And so from there, it was just, I guess that's how the love started, because I really did love it. And I wanted to show him I did.
2: I remember seeing Jazz um, back in the day. He, man, Leland, he hadn't hit me in a while. He hit me at the boot. Man. I'm telling you, you better keep your eye out for jazz. You might've been in like sixth, seventh grade. I was like, well, man, come get him in the gym. I'm just telling you, you better watch out for jazz. You better keep your eye out. And so we um, played I think the uh, Rose city showcase. And then I had happened Mm -hmm. to be there earlier today for the um, younger players. And it was you guys playing. And it was like, you had just got done and he introduced me. I don't even know. You had like a black, with like a little orange letter uh jersey oh, on with the gold, the black and gold. No, man, I know what players. I'm talking about, man. Yeah. He, he, he brought you over to me. He was like, Man, this is jazz right here. Kids, I'm telling you, right here, he's gonna be something. Keep your eyes on jazz. Just keep your eyes on you, <laughs> you know your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, that's one thing I'll say uh I appreciate it so much is that you know, my like even though my dad is like my trainer and everything, and he's my father, but he like genuinely really cares about what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's really passionate about it, and he goes hard for it. And he, it rubs people the wrong way, naturally, but how can you be mad at a man that just wants to see his son do well, you know? And we've seen the story happen so many times, especially more now, you know, with, with the balls, with, you know, Peyton and Terry, you know what I'm saying? Like, they they work together with their dad in order to do it, and that's I think that's something special in itself. 100%.
2: 100% you can, I mean obviously you know <clears throat> shoot the break unpack it the history I don't know if your dad's ever told you but um him and Spree first used to play at Wallace Park and so me and Daniel McKelvey and sometimes E-Man Kendrick we would go play down at Wallace Park and just randomly it was just dude just talking like this and Spree being long and dunking and stuff and uh You know, you always gravitate like, man, who are these dudes? Because we knew they weren't from around here. But they were like, you just kept showing up like we were real hoopers. So, like, it don't matter if you're from China, Oakland, or Portland, real hoopers, like you said, I just keep going outside. We just kept showing up there. And then it'd be, oh, youngsters, man, y'all can play a little bit. You know, it's like kept growing And then it would be like, once he would say that, he would give us a little tips, but then go out there and try to take our head off when we would play. But he saw we didn't ever back down. And then next right. thing you know, because uh, Robert Key is playing down at the park and stuff too with all his crew, he builds a relationship with Rob Key. Shoot, when I go into my senior year, um, he brings on uh, Leland as like, you know, like an assistant coach. So he was there at Cleveland there for my senior year, you know, being in our practice and stuff. And, you know, you got the, uh, you know, on every team, like even where you're at professional, you got the head coaches, uh, the assistant coaches, sometimes, it might be like this consultant that comes in for a few mm-hmm. weeks or something. They see the team in a different eye they'd be like, yo, man, Johnson, come over here, man. Like, yo, man, you can really fucking handle the ball and stuff. And it's like sometimes when you be around, so that's what your dad was for me. Um, mm-hmm. Not as much as Rob, keep it like the head coach at our, a He just didn't see some of the players for what they were. And your dad would come over and be like, nah, man, McKelvey, you can shoot it. Step out here. Even though you're big, man, so hit that mid range jumper beans, man he got the best handles in here he was like here boom to put these drills down or something like he would just come out and make statements like that that was yeah. counter to what was the um status quo and so he spoke a lot of life into our games back then um and it wasn't like adult kid you just looked at it, it was like hooper to hooper you right. know what i'm saying yeah. yeah even though he was a clear on adult when we was kids
1: yeah no he, he he's always had like kind of a special talent for that Like he can he can look at a kid pretty quickly or a couple of times and tell you if he's going to be something or not. And he, and he does that based on just like, you know, personality and mannerisms. And he could tell if you work hard because I've Mm -hmm. I've seen him, I've watched him take projects and turn them into something, you know, even if it's just, uh, even if it's just a, a outstanding individual in society, I've watched him completely change individuals through through his work, you know what I'm saying, just on the mental side alone.
2: Special relationship, man. Shoot, let's talk a little bit about when um we had you at AAU. <laughs> talk hey man, talk you about know, that experience, you, know,
1: you you should feel kind of special, <laughs> right? Because you're the only coach I played for at AAU high school. <laughs> yes, I didn't I didn't play no AAU. Not a single one tournament, One tournament, and it was with you.
2: Yeah, we got the ship. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we got it done. You got you got the, I'm one and one in my AU tournament. So I guess that's pretty good.
2: Nah, and I think that showed like, shoot, if just unpacking that, I mean, like you said, how people with your father's relationship, you might rub them the wrong way and different stuff. No matter our age or different stuff, like just man to man and whoever whatever, we've always had this like respect about each other because he says what's on his mind. I say what's on my mind. It's not never yeah. been no nothing, but he know like, we both know where we're coming from at the end of yeah. the day, whether we gotta give ourselves a month apart or something like that, but that's, <laughs> like, even in that type of stuff, he still would always, he would say, he's like, man, I ain't get, let none of these motherfuckers work on except you, Beans. <laughs> I'd be like, man, what is it about this motherfucker? He's, he, we just got this connection, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's Pops, though, you know? I love yep. it. Uh, I love that about him. He's unapos- unapologetically him, always. You know what I'm saying? And that's, it's helped me because it's kept a lot of outside sources away. Like uh, it could be bad influences. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's kept it all away. So uh, he's he's done a pretty good job. I can't, you know, it is my dad, but I can't, I can't say he's done a bad job because things are pretty cool right now, you know?
0: Jazz, how, how hard and challenging was that for you at the time? Like you're seeing everybody else that's your age, or the top players or whatever that are playing AAU and you're doing this totally different path. Was this something at that time? I can't even recall if we ever talked this. We're like, man, it's something that I wanted to do and that just hadn't been a mm. plan, or was it just like forget whatever everybody else is doing, even for just you? It was like, I'll just fully submit to this plan and, and buy into that and go with it. Because obviously that's different than what 95% of kids who play high school basketball
1: do. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I can tell you, I, I I did want to play AAU, for sure. I would see, you know, the EYBL circuits and everybody come home with new shoes and all this stuff, new gear, and just go, being able to travel and play against other people. But I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but, like, I always feel like I'm not good enough. And so even though I wasn't playing, I was just watching and always kind of feeling like I don't know if I'm – like, I'm not ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, there's still more work to be done. Like, I'm not ready yet. Because if I was to go out there, obviously you want to go out there in 17s on, on the big stage. Like, ain't, for me, it really ain't no point. If you that good, you shouldn't be playing 15s, 16s. You should just get right to it. And, you know, if, if you bump your head, you bump your head, but you got to get to it. That's the basketball everyone cares about. But you know, I'd watch everybody, and for sure I'd want to play. But from a young age, I – No, I wouldn't say like I consciously told myself this, but I was going to follow, you know, the the way my dad had for me because if you – like I'm a huge person on reflecting and I would always just kind of think about as years go on, you just think about the last year or whatever. And he never had done anything where I felt like it had hurt me. You know what I'm saying? And even if on the outside it may seem like that, whatever hardship or however much harder it was for me because I didn't play AU – I think it it helped me because it gave me this this chip and it gave me this mentality that well the one thing I got or one thing I gotta have is I gotta work harder than you you know what I'm saying because I'm I'm always I'm always in the background I did, my name is not no flashy name or anything like that I'm always in the background but I'm in the background working as hard as I can for
0: sure man. obviously obviously Beans a big proponent of of kind of men doing AAU as as needed. Right. Not just because mm-hmm. that's available. Um, Beans, kind of, kind of some of your thoughts on it. I know jazz situation is a little bit different just because I know when you came out with this, you had already committed to university of Portland. Yeah. Your, your stuff was already secured at that point, but uh, man, just a, a different route that I think you showed you don't need to go that way in order to get to where you want to get to.
1: No, you don't. I mean, that's, that's where I feel the power in it because, like, I, I didn't need it. You know, I was using it as a tool, as a guide to see, like, okay, what do I need to work on? You know, like, that was, that was supposed to be the plan in it. I mean, that's how we used it for, as a youth. You know what I'm saying? Like, we trained as kids a lot, train, 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 train. And then you go, we would do that two, three weeks and then play a tournament to see everything we were doing up, up until this point, now apply it to the game. You know what I'm saying? And you can't just do that training three days out of the week and then you play weekend. That's impossible for me to directly translate that when I've been only working on it for a week, you know? Like for me, bro, I've been, the spin move is something that's like pretty prominent in my game. And I promise you when my dad taught it to me, I never used it in the game for two years. I didn't, he must've like brought it to me like third grade, fourth grade. And I didn't, I wasn't confident enough to do it until, like, sixth grade. But I've been working on it so much, you know, and now it's a heavy part of what I do, you know. But that's just all, like, the the mentality of just, like, just do it, do it, you know, reps, 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 do it, get it in, you know.
0: Well, and the learning process being the more prominent part of it, right, and then the development yeah. as opposed to just, man, could we go play out go play games, which – by the time we did, you end up playing your cousin in the first set of games that, that they played. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, that was, and he, you know, and I, I ain't going to lie, you know, I was nervous because him him growing up, he was always the well, – his, his name's Colin Slater, so shout out my my cousin Colin. He went to Long Beach and he he played uh, – he was in Turkey last year. But he – growing up, he was always, like, the top-ranked kid, top sixth grader, top eighth grader. He would get invited to the Jordan camps and stuff. So he had he had the name, you know what I'm saying, and I was, he he had the work ethic and the name. I was the opposite. I had the work ethic with no name, and so it was just for me. That was like my that was like if that was that was my tournament. That was my test. I needed to see like okay, if he's if he's the one, and I can get with him, I think I'm well. I'm cool just training, you know, and and testing as I go.
2: Man, I didn't even know like to add. Let's like a you know, if this was a movie to how much more depth that that just added to the script Um, that, because I'm just like, we're just going to a tournament in Sacramento. Hopefully we pay competitive teams, but because we're going to do it in front of college coaches. Um, But on top of that, man, I was really excited to coach you jazz. Like if false can tell you and stuff like you don't know, because this is all. Would I love, like all this shit you're saying with the serious-minded face and all that shit, <laughs> I can cuss you out and, and then we can laugh like this and all that stuff, like mm-hmm. so I, I can say, hey man, no, I need you to know the next five plays, they doing this, they gonna trap that, they gonna go 2-3 on the third set, like and you're like, oh, okay, 2-3, yeah. so, so. they gonna be 2-3, y'all, like um, man, and so just having you down there um, then, ha- fuck, we got two monsters in the backcourt, you and Strick, like man fucking bulldog pit bulls. you know what i'm saying so shit even like i can go deeper in this i want to hear your thoughts on just playing on that team um but playing with strict playing playing with deontay strickland
1: oh man so i'll start with 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 tay because you know growing up we was always on the opposite sides because he was always icp and I was always with Pops and ballplayers, which I actually did play ICP a little bit. But then obviously we went off and did ball players. But we was always against each other. And, and me and Tay was always like this because we were kind of similar in like, we were small and strong and fast and quick. And it was like meeting the same person almost. He just couldn't shoot as good. And to finally, like, be able to play with him, it was like for both of us, we always would talk about how much of a relief it was. Like I'm, I'm, like I'm tired of playing against you. I'm tired of doing this with you, and now we can go do it to somebody else. So, I mean, for me, that was the biggest thing with Tay because, I mean, we we was we got really we got close during that little tournament too. Like that's when, because we was always pinned up against each other, but then we just kind of like during that tournament we was like, bro, like what's what is all that? It's really nothing, you know what I'm saying? So, it's crazy how you can. You, your, people you get really close to you start off as maybe what adversaries or whatever, but because you really see, you really see their mentality. But I mean, playing with that team, I, I learned a lot. I mean, I didn't play hella tournaments or nothing, but I learned a lot playing with you because you had the next level size on your team and everything like that. Like you tried, you tried to coach us in like a college way. And so that that's what I really appreciate is like, I don't have like we didn't have like a six two big man that you would have in Oregon. you know, you would find that in Oregon. We, we had we had bigs, we had dudes with bounce. We had guys that were designated shooter, shooters, you know what I'm saying? So it was all something that like that's when I not when I realized, but that was for me kind of like the first time of having like a full like basketball team and kind of understanding how each piece can help rather than, okay, I, I understand what this person can and can't do, this person can and can't do. Okay, Jazz, you make up for it now. You know what I'm saying? I could work on really figuring out the best ways for each person to, to be effective. Love it. I but, love yeah. it.
0: I love it. Um, well, Jazz, well, yeah, I mean, you hit on the on the piece kind of with high school being a little bit different. Um, man, take us back real quick, senior year, Les Schwab, man, you set the tournament scoring record for stuff, you had 38 against Peninsula and Ja'Cory McLaughlin, who obviously was someone who kind of had a name, right? Someone who was yeah. going to, the, to Oregon State and then the next night had 44 against Montverde. Just, man, take us back to that to that week, kind of what you remember about it.
1: Man, that, that was because, I mean, this all goes back to me not playing AAU. So, like, I've always had this mentality of like the high school season, like the, the times I go out and play mean something. You know what I'm saying? So, I, like, I didn't have that next game mentality like a lot of kids that play AAU'd have. Like, for me, every every time I went out and played a game, it was, like, an opportunity because it was. I, I wasn't out there much. And so, knowing how stacked that year was, because I had played in it, obviously, my freshman year and my junior year, and obviously those were stacked. But now I'm the leader of a team with against the stack. Lineup, you know, there was uh, Dejounte Murray was in it, uh, Ben Simmons and their whole group of pros, um, Jalen Brown, Peyton. I mean, it was really a cold lineup of teams and players. And I remember telling my dad, like even before the tournament, right, the tur- before the tournament even started, uh, we was shooting up at Lo. I played for Lo. He was shooting at the little L- uh, the middle school before the game. And whatever, whatever, we drive there. And before the tournament even starts, before we play our first game, I tell my dad, I said, some dudes is going to get their scholarships taken. And the rest is what it was. I don't know if anybody got those scholarships taken, which they didn't, because I still went to Portland. But that was my mentality. It was like, this is my chance. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I was ever going to go somewhere in school, this is my chance. And I I don't know. I don't. I guess the confidence helped, but that, that, that's how that went. You know, like you said, I had, what, 38 with, uh, against uh, Ja'Cory McLaughlin's team, uh, 29 against Baby Boy's team, 44 Mount Verde, and then I, I think another 27 or 29 against Jesuit, who's always, you know, they've always been solid, you know what I'm saying, for a long time. But I think Cam was on that team, Cam Parker. Um I don't even know if I still got the record though. I know I know I was, it was like a hundred and forty-four points, hundred and thirty-eight points in four games or something. It was like thirty-five a game or something like that. I don't know if it's been broken, but I did have the, the tournament the tournament scoring record for I don't know how long now.
0: Man, you had it. I I still just remember the week of man, people just coming in like there was a buzz about what you were doing. So I think to your point about, um, man, kind of creating a name for yourself, nothing else, whether it was scholarship or just creating a name, I mean, that was there because of how because of how you were going about doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I mean, the Pops just did it like the old school way. Like it wasn't, like even when I was in high school, it was the, the whole social media part of hoop wasn't huge. Like for you to get a mixtape, you had to be cold to get a mixtape like really good and that's when it was only ball is life uh yay area's finest you know what i'm saying so we it wasn't all that so the times you stepped out were the times that you know what i'm saying you had to you had to get it in that's how you earned your respect and it's just like people were going to talk about what they seen you do the last time they seen you
2: You make your own mixtape now man what
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a whole, it's a whole industry. It's a whole industry, and I'm not against it. It, it helps kids, you know what I'm saying? But it you does, can. it for sure does take away. It takes away, I think, from some of the purity of the game.
2: Well, and let's think about it like we're talking performance, and you want to go out there and perform and whatnot, but if you're looking over your shoulder because you know the film's there or you go don't really play as hard because you know if the film's there, I might get embarrassed. I mean, there's right. a lot of different factors than just saying, oh, this is bad for the kids or good. I think there, it's like a pie chart. Uh, yeah, there is some positivity in there. We can be, man, somebody came and filmed that and that film went to here. Of course. Right. But, um, if we like really unpack it because we're at a stage, it's not going to go backwards. Um, no. But I think it's like saying, can I just be a coach just because I, I like basketball or something? I think that's a, a job. I'm going into a field here that I'm going to actually affect lives. It does it seem like it's on the side, but now because you're coming into the ecosystem of basketball, the film person is now affecting lives. So now you got to have a moral compass and a character about yourself and understanding yeah. when you're dealing with young people, how is this helping them? Or is this just for a dollar? Or is this just for clout? And you that's, mm-hmm. you talk about the period of the game. I mean, the players are playing expecting that they're going to get recruiting.
1: Right. But then you got to earn that. You say that again? You got to earn that. You don't, you're not, ain't nobody obligated to recruit you. You know, just because you play, don't mean they got to come see you or they got to pay attention to you. You got to give them a reason for them to pay attention or care.
2: How do they pay attention to you? What are the, what would you say are like the pillars that if you're playing right now, you would do, and they would make a college coach pay attention to you to earn some recruiting?
1: I mean, really, you you don't even got to be the best player. Be the the loudest, the one that communicates the most. uh, The loudest, and that's something that I still try to work on. Um, Person that plays defense. uh, And you'll be surprised coaches care about, you know, high fives and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you with your teammates? Does it seem like your teammates like you? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then another thing is, like, leadership. Like, uh, huddling guys up, dead balls, making sure everyone is on the same page, you know, because that's all uh, the – I mean, these are all just, like, point guard stuff, you know what I'm saying? But anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. And none of this has to do with your ability to dribble or shoot or jump. None of it. It's all up here. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think that's what coaches – kind of look for as well, you know what I'm saying or that's what they want because there's a there's a ton of athletes. You know what I'm saying? There's they're everywhere, so you got to be you got to be different in some way cuz you you're not going to be the most athletic. There's always someone out there more athletic. So that's what, what I, that's what you, I would say.
2: What do you do to set yourself apart now? because it's a different type of earning. Instead of saying earning recruiting, you're playing that either it's gonna earn security to stay on this particular team or earn additional opportunities um, for other professional organizations to, to bring you on. So what are the things that you're doing now to, to totally separate yourself?
1: Uh, just, I work harder than everyone I feel. I personally feel I work harder than everyone else. And due to that preparation, Though I always feel I'm not good enough, I'm also very confident in that I put in more than enough time that the production should show. And so that's, I think that's what I try to set myself apart with that. You know what I'm saying? Because I I just, I work so much that there shouldn't be no reason this don't work. And if it don't work, well, let me just keep working and eventually it's going to work. And that's how my life has always been, and that's how it's worked out for me. Like there's always peaks and valleys, like you know I've for sure been there. I haven't been the best i've for sure have lost games there's for sure dudes have I've lost battles against dudes, but a lot of dudes end up quitting a lot of dudes don't end up making it to the ne- next level, and I just tried my best to stay as consistent as possible and slowly climb that ladder, Jazz, yes, you said something. You know, with that <laughs> skin face, you know why you keep doing that, bro. <laughs>
2: Man, I'm just, like, I'm, I'm. see what, uh, (laughs) you stupid, man. This is like, uh, you know, watching movies, fucking listening to music. I got, and and people, I got a lot of different passions, but basketball is a deep passion. And also, yeah, I thought, like, we're going to have jazz on later on. But, like, really, jazz, there's so much of your story I don't know. But also, now I'm hearing all your story and how much I was like, damn, man, like, I'm mesmer. I want to learn so much more than a person could be so around you or close and I don't mm-hmm. know as much, but you stand for so much that I value. Well, I appreciate that.
1: And I I mean, I it sucks that people don't know my story, kinda in a way, but I feel there's also a cool little mystery about it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just how my life has been. Just that that kid, that little kid that's over in the corner, just quietly working. That's how and that's how I am as a man now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say a whole lot or try to draw attention to myself. I'm just going to keep doing the same things I've been doing. And if we end up crossing paths and we cross paths and everything's cool, it's, it's cool, you know? I always I always come with love, always come with respect. So I don't know. I just be to myself. I don't, I don't know why I'm like that. But I like it this way.
2: Let your work stand out. And um, I want to touch on something you said earlier, which – I appreciate your vulnerability because you don't have to share that. That's just being authentic and who you are and genuine saying the, the moments that you don't feel as confident. But I think, um, what you're doing through your work ethic and your preparation, that is the exact answer to confidence It's like, you know, when you're in school, I do additional homework. I ask the teacher, I do all this extra stuff. And then we have a test. And like, I'm, I'm going to perform well in the test because I did all the preparation prior. And, And you do that, I think that all, um, you know, whether it's doubts or whatever, different fears or uh, stuff, anxiousness, you could call it. But at the end of the day, I know when that ball goes up and you start playing, it's just basketball. Um, And you have that level of confidence because of your preparation. And so I want to like, try to make that answer clear for you that, man, you are confident. You're just human. Like all of us all, but, Man, and then your confidence has breeded such a high level of consistency. That's what every coach wants in America. Or, yeah, I'm sorry. Especially over here. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> the world, my bad. The yes. world you Craig. You in can this say thing like that just you you can say say. like that. The world, Craig. <laughs> so the
1: world,
0: Craig. If you're enjoying the Let's Talk Hoops podcast, make sure to follow us on social media. And subscribe on YouTube for more content on recruiting, player development, team development, basketball IQ, and more. At Hoop Dreams B-Ball and at Coach C-Foss. Now, back to the show. Man, Jazz, how much, how much of your preparation um, do you feel like is based on film that you watch as well? I mean, obviously, we've talked to stuff on the court, the condition, everything like that. Uh, talk to us a little about how, how you approach watching film, though.
1: Uh I mean I do a lot of my watching film during season. Um so it's it's not like I come home and it's like we all sit down and like, okay, let's deep dive into your film. Cause we do that during the season, you know, like I could go two, three games, whatever, okay, boom. Pop's got a good read of like what the I guess the trends of where my game is right now, of how he sees me playing. And we'll he'll go over the one game he wants to talk about to show me some things and we'll deep dive into that and you know and then that's he'll let me go another two three games or whatever so it's not like every single game because obviously I got to do my my own film of the other team you know what I'm saying my preparation for the other team myself Because I mean you do that with your team but I've just always felt like in a team situation they simply just can't do enough for you individually so you got to take it upon yourself to do what you feel is needed to feel content with your preparation, you know? So, but I will say that, again, the team stuff is not enough. That's, for me, that's the bottom baseline, the stuff that you do with your team. It's the stuff you do on your own that will make you better. So, but yeah, film is a a big thing. It's a big thing, whether it's looking at bad stuff, like, cause I I mean, everyone wants to watch your highlights. Everyone wants to see themselves do well, Um, but, Obviously, you got to be real with yourself and look at the bad stuff, look at all the times you're walking around on the court, look at all the times you're just standing straight up, uh, times where you simply just showing weakness in some way. You know what I'm saying? Not even like the obvious things like turnovers. You know what I'm saying? It's small things like that. But then there's even times where maybe mentally you're not in the best place with your game. And maybe you do got to go to a game where you were killing and just – watch it, watch, watch the way your body's moving. Watch, watch the bounce in your step. Watch how, watch how it flows. And that could just seeing it could help a lot too.
2: Man, I remember doing that as a player right there, going through tough times from in high school, but especially when I was um in junior college, I remember having to go back to a particular film or something like, man, why am I whooping like this? Like I'm in my head. And then you see a game where you play well, And it also might simplify some of the stuff you're doing. You might be, because as we grow in our game, the things that got us to where we're at, but you keep growing, sometimes now you divert to these other things you've added to your game and you forget what got you there. And that was one of the biggest things for me is that I began to start learning how to shoot well. Well, now I'm not cutting and moving and doing some of these other things that I used to do naturally because I got to stand outside the three-point line and be ready when they swing it to me. Um right. I think as a shooter, which you you've been blowing in nets up for a long time, that's something that um you can steal from like clay and stuff. But just any shooter, you have to be mindful of that. Am I just hanging out here because I'm gonna hit three threes today? Or should I just keep taking my value around the court moving where I'm I'm on a decoy probably most of the time until right. that opportunity comes when I shoot, but most people don't use the decoy. Which happens the most time? They just stand.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Man, who do you watch
0: in addition to stuff watching yourself? Like, there, who are the who are guys that you study? Maybe in addition to you.
1: Off uh, rip two or three: Fred Van Fleet, Jalen Brunson, and post knee injury Derrick Rose. Damn. Because obviously, <laughs> po- obviously. His game before that, I don't relate to at all. <laughs> I can't really learn learn nothing from that. But after he got hurt and he came back in the floaters and the mid range game, yeah, and the pivots, all that stuff. Yeah, I be mean, that. That's that's who I watch.
2: The first two so, dudes you name is two of my favorite damn players in the on the planet. Fred VanVleet and Vincent Brunson.
1: Shit, they play they winning basketball. Skilled, skilled, smart and you don't they don't uh, they don't got to be the 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 fastest quickest but they they know basketball they know how to use the space on the court they they utilize negative space and uh, i mean as a small guard myself uh, i love watching the stuff they do
2: highly talented um you know, Jalen Brunson coming out of Villanova. He's so good with the two feet. They've got a whole two foot series. You guys, you find it on YouTube that all those guys would do, but obviously you see, he took his math, the mastery of that to a different level. I just told a story about Fred Van Vliet. I don't know if you remember that boss when we were in Carmel, Indiana, and uh, it was the, his senior year. They might've went to the sweet 16 or something that year. And, um, you know, I loved this game since the freshman year and I, and we're practicing with 16's Kamaka and Marcus to AD and all them. And in the mm-hmm. corner pocket, I'm like, man, is that Van Vliet's over there, man. So as we're walking out with the, after the shoot around, he's walking out of the workout too. i say, man, what, what's Van Bleet? what's up, man? you doing your pre-draft workouts. Like, what's up? What you, what you got? You got your workouts? He's like, yeah, I got a bunch of workouts plans. Like what they, what's the projections? He's like, I don't even care, man. If I got to come in the back door or whatever, like, I'm ready. He's like, I, he, yeah, I think he said, actually, I don't even care. I don't think I, um, it would be better if I don't get drafted. And I just say, hey, man, I got a lot of respect for you, man. And I think you're going to stick.
1: Yeah, I mean, get that's how that right Yep. That's that mentality of just, I'm going to just do the work and trust that that's going to lead me in the right direction. And I never even knew that story. I never even knew that story. I don't know. I don't know that man, you know, and. Sometimes you end up finding commonalities about certain people, and that's what makes them, that's what makes certain people good at what they do. For sure,
0: Jazz, you hit on on being a little guard. What's some of the things that little guard that, uh, man, you felt like, especially as you're climbing up in levels, that you've had to really put focus into to be able to have success?
1: Uh, uh, one, just always proving that me being small doesn't mean anything like that. like. And I mean, like, defensively, like, you know, everyone thinks, okay, I can get a switch, take them to the post. Or we get a switch, okay, just a whole game plan, thrown out the window, give it to the big man. So, like, my whole thing has just been, like, proven, like, it don't matter. I don't care how small I am. If I need to, I can guard all five. You know, like, okay, if you shoot over me, whatever, but you're not going to get nothing easy, no layups, nothing, you know. Um, Really uh, being creative below the rim. Uh, and I'm not saying the whole, all the jelly stuff and all the up in the air acrobatics. I'm talking like on the ground, like the two feet stuff we was talking about floaters, pivots, you, and i mentioned it using negative space, which means like, obviously we all attack going towards the rim, but as you get closer to the rim, now there's more space behind you that you're gathering. You got to be able to use that space too, to create separation. Um, and then uh what else would i say for small guards um your floater obviously and then the i think for all small guards like you got to be able to shoot you have to cuz if they if they can just funnel you to the rim you just, your life is just so much harder you can be successful at it for sure there's been dudes that do it but it's i feel it's just it puts so many more miles on your body and naturally because we small you going to hit somebody you going to hit the ground you know what i'm saying you do that enough
2: it's going to it's going to take its toll you know it's going to wear you down you don't want to keep having to do that and i do think that that's mandatory um and and shooting man it's like if if you can build up your shot like i think shooting's one of the easiest things in basketball to develop on if i'm telling you jazz we got to work on your shot or we got to work on you guarding screens off the ball. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, shooting. <laughs> yeah, but which yeah. one do you think is? But yeah, yeah, you just answered it. It's like, it's like, fuck, man, shit, Jazz. You're supposed yeah. to trail. I'm like, damn, he curling you every time. Well, fuck, where my help? You know what I mean? Like, y- right. you could. We we can get your shot better. That's simple. But these things that are more more difficult. Um, that's the stuff people don't want to do. And that's the boring stuff. And that's like you had that mentality even when you were young to know to work on these things. But I think that uh, when you are smaller, these are the areas you can get. Like we uh, were one time talking with JD, I think at Portland state and him just going, understanding like, man, I already knew like people look at you cause you're getting 29, 44, like, man, jazz really confident. He's like, nah, man, actually, like I got these thoughts and, and JD's like, man, I always knew that if I didn't do it, Harder, I was already below people. It's like yeah. I was the player in the year of the state saying that. But I, I think, mean, that's
1: just being small. That's that's how we all feel.
2: Yeah, but I think also, man, like the true strength in somebody is when they recognize the weakness. For sure. Instead of like, nah, I'm cool. I got it. Blah 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 blah. And and then that can it's like a slingshot, like pull you back to understand the reality and fix it and then shoot you forward um Mm -hmm. most people working with that loose rubber band you get what i'm saying because they don't want to look backwards at or inwards at what needs to happen Uh, those are hard to hear how quickly and easily you speaking about this stuff tells me just like fuck basketball where you're at in your life um because this is the evolution of like how you keep growing and getting more enlightened Man. Mm-hmm. And you understand your place in this. Uh, I think it's very vital that you need to have your story be told more because think of how many more people from our community and around the world could be inspired by your story.
1: No, you're right. And there's a, there's a lot more people that could relate to my story because I, I just, it's weird. I did everything the hard way, you know what I'm saying? So I'm showing the side that like, you don't need all the extra, you don't need to be in an air conditioned gym you don't need none none of it really. You know, I just tried my best to figure out ways to be better, me and my dad together. And I feel like there's more people like that than there is the six, six athletes or just the incredibly gifted people out there. You know what I'm saying? So like I got I, I worked for my gift. It wasn't like it was given to me. It wasn't like I came and I was just good at basketball. No, like like I said from the beginning, even my dad saw it. You gotta show me that you want to be good. You know what I'm saying? So and that's where it came from. Man,
0: no, for sure. I'd say, man, the approach is the gift. Like basketball might be the talent, but but your approach to stuff is the gift. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, man, how, how you're approaching things is different. Like, man, that was something that like you said early, you were challenged with it, but that was the piece that was the automatic response is okay. Well, I know how to yeah. approach a challenge or be able to approach something that I really want and be able to work for it, regardless what it is. It happened to be basketball because that was the challenge that was put in front of you. But then the talent that was um, I mean, almost like accumulated was basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Like the skill yeah. that was developed. And now like it was something like, you're talking about like a long athlete. You're born with that. Like that's not something that you're having to right. work towards being able to give, right?
1: No, I I mean, that's it was literally God given. so. I didn't. I didn't get none of that. I didn't get the height. I didn't get the speed. I didn't get the quickness. Like I, I literally, I grew up. You know, you know, I grew up short, fat kid. So it was like I literally had to work for everything. Everything jumper, dribbling, keeping my body in a whatever shape I was in back then, in enough shape to be able to do what I was doing, and just everything about it. All while still, you know, I think the most important thing. To bring it all around, you still got to be a stand up individual and you got to be respectful. And you, you got to go, you got to do the school part too. You got to do the school part because all the other stuff don't matter. If you, if you, people don't respect you, don't respect who you are as a person, you're not a stand up individual and you don't, you don't be full circle with the school part. None of it matters if you don't do that.
2: Yeah, building these relationships, man. Um, this shit's powerful jazz, man. Like you, you need to be, we got to get you talking more We we want to have you on for another conversation too, to just like to unpack more about this. Like it falls to saying your gift and your approach to the game, serious minded approach, but being able to talk about all your flaws and vulnerabilities. Um, uh, you watch a lot of these podcasts or different talks and don't mean they don't tell some of those stories, but the people ain't really going to, their weaknesses and their vulnerabilities and jazz just jump right into the like cannonball into the shit. You know, <laughs> he ain't tippy toe into it. <laughs> I just keep
1: um, it real though. Like that's just me being it. real. Like that's the reality of my situation. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to be delusional about this. Like I know in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to this basketball world, like I'm not very good. So <laughs> why, why would I feel any other way? I got to get better. I want to get better because I, I recognize that, bro, in the world, if we're talking the whole world, let alone, your know, city, state, country, whatever, if we're talking the whole world, you you just got to realize, bro, you're really not that good. So go get better, you know? It's simple. Pops always said, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Kiss. Kiss. Yeah. Love it. I love it.
0: Well, Jazz, tell me this: just kind of as we're talking, some of that stuff and, and and things that man, the game's kind of taught you. Man, what's what's the toughest lesson the basketball's taught you?
1: Uh, toughest lesson is uh, I mean, it, again, cliche, but life ain't fair. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just this game. Like I've always known, like this game does not love you. The game will never love you. You gotta love it, and if you if you give your full love to it, you still may get nothing out of it. But, I mean, that's life. You know what I'm saying? You can't feel that it's unfair or whatever. You cho- you chose to go for a passion or whatever. You choose to lo- love something. It's up to you to make something out of it, you know? Is that's there, a, that's anything in life.
0: Is there a time you could think of where, like, man, it, it you know, a game kind of gave you a short end of the stick or something like, man, I really thought it was going to turn out this different direction and- I'm sitting
1: here empty-handed with Yeah, there's uh, really- Two two times I can think of off the top of my head. Um, when I was at University of Portland my sophomore year, uh, going into that transfer time, or right before I was going through a little slump of games. Um, and I, had, I actually had a decent year that year, but I was going through a slump, and it was at a really bad time, like nearing the end of the year before, like, conference tournament play. And at this point, like I already knew like, okay, like I know I got to go out there and play for at least for like the, each game is kind of like tryouts, you know what I'm saying? Because like I knew I was transferring. So it was like, okay, well, I got to go out there and do something. And I, I had that really bad stretch of games. And I ended up finishing the conference really, the conference ended really well. I had like 28 on St. Mary's in my last game like 20 against San Diego or something. And then we ended up losing and we was out. So those were my last two games. So I'm thankful for that. But going into that summer, I I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like, well, I'm going to University of Portland right now. Yeah, I did cool. But we lost – Like, well, I think we won like six games that year. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I don't know what's next. I don't know how I can get better from this. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that was one point where I was really questioning, like, okay, like, how how am I going to do this? You know what I'm saying? Like, how much better do I have to be to make this happen? Because obviously I'm realizing that there's, there's truly levels to this. It's one thing to be at University of Portland, but it's another thing to even be at in the Mountain West or to even be let alone the, the Power Five schools. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's when I recognize there's truly levels. And I was kind of questioning, like, okay, how how much more better can I get to be on these levels? And then uh, the second one was actually coming out of college because of COVID. That's when I graduated. I graduated in COVID, the COVID year. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't even recognize, like, the whole thing for hoopers, all the seniors. Like, people don't recognize how hard that was for us because, like, for me, like, I think we still had a chance to get a, a bid into the – the tournament or let alone play in the nit so that was still more opportunities for me to i'm a senior i need every opportunity possible to keep proving myself so once those were cut off my last game was 16 points against wyoming in a loss and it's covid year basketball literally shut down and once it started getting going again and i'm recognizing the the way my season ended and agents start to talk, and, and it's like, I, that's what I was really questioning, like, damn, is this when the, is this when it's done, and it, it's not, has nothing to do with me, you know what I'm saying, but I was like, am I, is it even worth me playing, because the way some of them were talking, it was like, oh, you might get a thousand a month, fifteen hundred a month, and i me, a lot of people would take that, you know, a lot of people would take that, but me, I took school serious, I'm not, I'm not so much into basketball that like I'm I'm just a dummy to not to everything else. You know what I'm saying? So I knew like, okay, if all those fails, I know I can go get me a a good job. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm well connected with people. I have my education and I just, I can apply my hard work to the job life, you know? And that's when that's really like had a lot of nights and just like staying up late, like, like, but what is going to happen? And then, the market randomly opened up, bro, I promise you, I must have signed with an agent. I didn't have an agent the whole time. I was just speaking to agents. I didn't have an agent the whole time. I had nobody really representing me in the market. They were just telling me about the market and what they thought someone like me could get. I must have signed my agent like July, I want to say 20th or something like that, really late in the summer. And three days later, he came with the offer in First Division Italy. And that's, I guess, that was God telling me, like, you know, I'm. he put me through all that, all that mental strain and all that for me to just, okay, I'm going to lock in because that whole COVID summer or spring summer, we were, we we didn't stop. You know, we were outside. Um, whoever, whatever kids, you know, we had a little street that Pops would train we go on the street, they would go go run hills, you know, Pops got all the apparatuses. So, you know, we got the the bands, all that stuff. We was outside doing ball handling uphill. Uh, I was running a lot, as I do now, I was running a ton. I was just doing literally anything, doing like anything. Like, bro, I'd get bored and start working on my jumper on the little Nerf hoop that we would have outside with the little mini ball. And that, cause there's nothing else to do, but. Yeah, I mean, those was the two times I was like, I don't, I don't know what, what's next with this. So, and I just to fix it all, I just worked and hoped that it would work out.
2: Man, I remember the videos. Y'all was in the garage and the driveway mm-hmm. and on the street and doing all type of shit. And this is also how I started deep diving the thought, like, what's the most important things in basketball. And COVID offered me an opportunity to really um, deep dive this because just like you said, here you are um, playing at the top level of college basketball and you're about to play professional basketball and the only training things that you can do is some random shit outside and you can't work on your basketball game, but you could watch film or watch basketball and talk basketball. So to me, the two most important things in basketball is conditioning and basketball IQ. And that got yeah. proved during the pandemic um, because everybody was, you couldn't go. No, nah, I was working on my bag. Nobody could work on their bag unless you was just dribbling outside. They was putting things on baskets and stuff.
1: Yeah. You couldn't
2: go to baskets.
1: Yeah. No, that, that, and that was, that was a crazy time that like you couldn't, like there was no going to the park to go up the hoop. No, there was literally, I mean, if you was here, In Oregon, we couldn't do nothing, nothing. We couldn't, anything to do with sports. I mean, we would even go up to, go up to Dunaway Park. And just us even doing the social distancing and being six feet from each other and we working out together, people would still call the police and try to make it it a big thing. Like, it, it was hard. It was really hard. But, I mean, we all loved it and Pops loved it enough to deal with that. And, to continue helping us, because at the end of the day, all these problems are coming back to him, and he got to figure out something new now. And he, he always found a way, and so I appreciate him for that, especially during that time because I I needed it a lot. Now, I don't even Leland know if he knows it like that, but I needed that a lot during that time.
2: A lot Leland of you I, I just said Leland is definitely solution based.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: All the rest don't matter. <laughs> is it gonna get done? <laughs> oh, that's why I love him, man. Man, Jazz, we can keep you here forever, but this is off the hook, man. Like, um, you know, n- nothing soon, but maybe like once you get into season or something, maybe talk about your process there or something. But you this is way more than what I anticipated. And I even thought it was gonna be great from there, um, just because you open it up and being yourself, man, and like. You know, some people get on here and be trying to, yeah, hey, yeah, well, you know what I was trying to it's like, man, just be yourself. Um, and you've been yeah. authentically yourself, but you that's always who you are, man. So and if there's anything I can do to help you um with your basketball stuff, I know Pop's got all that stuff, but like um, I just have such a high level of respect for you, man. Like you got access to me whenever. That's love. I appreciate that, you know. Yeah, and
1: I mean I I I'm gonna you know, like I'm gonna be real. I mean, in the, the day I'm leaving, son. So you know what I'm saying? That's gonna be me. But I just know, like, this, this game ain't, like, easy. Like, at least for me, it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? So, it just to me, sometimes it kills me to watch other people do it and they approach it as, like, oh, this is easy, oh, this is whatever. And it's, like, the way I approach it is, like, bro, this this is what I got, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even the kids I work out with, you know what I'm saying? Like, I work out with sixth graders and stuff, they'll be in the gym with me, but I keep them, I hold them accountable, like, bro, take this serious. You know, like, if you're gonna do it, take it serious. Cause like, there's people out there that this is all they have. So, and I recognized that early, really early.
2: Maturity.
0: For sure, no, and you see how uh, your approach to it and uh, your formulas, man, it's changed your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the work sure as hell isn't easy, but I think you're you're showing like the formula isn't doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Work work hard no, if you don't find, if you don't have the answer to it, work till you find one.
1: Yeah, Little, Yeah, that's all it is. It, it's it's hard, but it's simple. It, it's <laughs> weird, you know. So, oh, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this game. That's the beauty of this game.
2: So yeah. that's why I love it. Your story's powerful, Jazz, and a lot of people are guaranteed when they start watching this. Man, I know we're gonna be getting feedback just from our already know how I feel.
1: I appreciate that. No, I mean, if I can, if I could do anything for anybody, it's I hope I could inspire them because I, I didn't do it the, the easiest way. Like you, you just gotta put in the work, you know. If I can inspire you to work towards whatever you do that's all I could ask for. I don't want, I don't really want nothing else out of this. And when I say this, I mean like, not the podcast, but the game, you know what I'm saying? All I, that's all I want out the game. Nah, for
0: sure, man. Well, Jazz, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate, appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us, man. Like Bean said, it's, it's powerful. I think it has, has an opportunity to be able to impact a lot of people. Um, like you said earlier, for you to be able to tell your story, one that, that maybe they haven't heard before, but, man, somebody might be living right now. Like, this might be the same path that they're on. And they just don't not. They don't have the answers. They don't have the resources to go and figure it out. And I think just, you know, a lot of the stuff that you shared tonight might lead them in the direction where, man, okay, well, this is how I get to where I need to go. So, no, nah, man, appreciate yeah. you for for jumping on with us.
1: No, it's love. And we could for sure get on here because, I mean, there's there's so much more to it too, you know what I'm saying? But i love, I love to get back on here and chop it up with you guys. You know, it's always love, man.
2: All love, uh, man. Make sure you tell Leland, man, I said what's cracking, man. We need to connect soon. I got you. Yeah, appreciate you, Jazzy.
1: Yep. Hey, man, love y'all, man. Be
2: safe. Man, love you there,
0: too,
1: bro. man. Bro, you too, big dogs.
0: If you like this episode of Let's Talk Hoops, make sure to follow, subscribe, and share to keep the conversation going.